0: That is a duel from Jim has done it again! What a goal by Cahill! <laughs> Thompson! Uh, Five goals to Archie! So go.
1: the the league champion, On 11.16, the 4 Diego.
2: G'day amigos and welcome to the Fort Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football... Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, Wednesday night. It is a Wednesday night. And, uh, hey, thanks to Mark Fine again. And you can catch evenings with Finey um, from 7pm tomorrow night, as usual. Always a bit of fun there. And, uh, hey, thanks to Zanas and Jeff Polter again uh, for opening up the batting tonight for the Diegos. Vinny Venezuela, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you very much, Rodrigo. I'm excited tonight because, you know, we are theory men sometimes. We, we sit here in a studio talking about the world game. Today, I got back on the pitch for the first time in a long while. Yep. I was Lothar Mateus. I was the Libero. Mm. It was a summer sevens game, and the kids I was yep. playing against were, were much, much younger. But I controlled the game, wow. put one in the net. How are your lungs there, Vinny? Oh, I lost one. <laughs> yeah. Coughed one out. But I'm still here.
1: Yep. Yeah, good to see you, Carlos. Hello there, Rodrigo. I have not tested the groins out for a while myself. Mm. I was just saying that I went for a bit of a... I, I go to the gym, I try and pump some weights, I do the little cross trainer. And, but and then,
2: looking very, very fit.
1: Absolutely. But then <laughs> I got a bit cocky and decided to go for a bit of a run. This is Footscray Park. Oh, right. And uh, it's a bit dangerous around oh, Footscray Park in the morning, too, by the way. It's a reputation uh, there, absolutely. too, Absolutely. And the magpies <laughs> do swoop at Footscray Park. And uh, anyway, uh, I didn't go more than 200 metres before yeah. I started... I really, you talk about swallowing a lung or coughing yep. out a lung. That was me, and,
3: and I made it clear to the gaff, I said, "I'm Vinny Venezuela. I don't track back. It's in my contract. No tracking
1: back." <laughs> and Warren, uh, you're with us,
2: aren't you?
4: Are you Are you looking at me with disrespect? Because <laughs> Not what other all. time am I going to do Oak's form <laughs> except?
1: No horse Wild racing tonight. No horse racing. That's tonight. That's the
4: only time look, I get a chance to look at the form.
2: I did threaten that we'd uh, take your Melbourne Cup tips on uh, Monday night. Yeah,
4: yeah. Back the winner.
2: We didn't get to it, and you yeah. ended up backing the winner, didn't you?
4: Yeah, yeah. I would have had the. I would have. Wouldn't have had any exotics happening. But um, yeah, no. It's good to be here, Rodrigo. And yeah, there's plenty of. You. Plenty of things to talk about in the world of football.
2: We've got a big night tonight, actually. Mm. We've got uh, Mike McGrath coming up a little bit later on. We'll talk about everything about uh, EPL and UK stuff. And we've got Aiden O'Neill, mm. a young Australian, 18 years old, plying his trade at Burnley in the English Premier League. And we'll catch up with him in about 10 minutes' time. He's not a goalkeeper, is he? Because he,
4: he, bu- he was pretty busy on the weekend. Oh, wrong, wrong player. I'm,
1: I'm only joking. I hope you're me? joking. We are a football, are a football I know, side. I'm talking about I know Aidan's family for... is listening to us because he he hails from Brisbane. He does I'm talking about the 34 shots that the uh... I, I on behalf of the Fortiego's the <laughs> O'Neill family. We do know more about Aiden than what Warren is talking about. That's true. He's, he's a he's a dynamic midfielder. Uh, plenty of great technique, and if you listen to his uh, or read stuff about what's said by his former coaches, he used to go, oh. He's the hardest-working footballer you'd ever ever meet. So I can't wait to speak to the yeah. kid. Looks like he's going to be a bit of a star. Unlike in the myself, the hardest-working. And it's a good time to get them when they're young. They are. And they think they, then they owe things to the Diagos. We owe them and them. claim them.
2: I'm going to reminisce. Remember the time we got Tim Cale when Absolutely. he was really young. When
1: he was, Yeah, when he was, he was a nobody at Millwall.
4: Yeah, yeah. Do you
2: reckon he remembers that?
1: <laughs> he was one I'm of our sure. projects at the yeah, time. Yeah, I got
4: Tim Cale yeah. as well once on a, on a little recording device in the... Part of Lang Park, but it But you forgot to back. press record. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. That's yeah. a bit of a shame. I thought that was uh, Harry Kuehl. It, oh, it was Harry yeah. Kuehl, actually. No, was I didn't stuff up the... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, send
2: us a text oh. message tonight, uh, 0433 98 11 16. We'd love to hear from you. Tonight's show is brought to you by our great sponsors, Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Uh, hey, uh, got a big show, as I said. but Let's start with the Q&A now, mm. gents, because... Um, it's obviously very important and uh, this Q&A, you know, kind of permeates right throughout the show when we can get a question in there or, you know. Because <laughs> it's your in Q&A. In between interviews. It's Rodrigo's uh, Q&A. Let's start with Ange Postacoglu's uh, Socceroo squad for the game against Thailand, which happens on Tuesday the 15th of November in Bangkok. So looking forward to that. He's trimmed the squad from 30 down to 23. Interesting omission there, boys. Tim kale not in this squad and... Uh, so, firstly, the, the, guys, the guys that are out of this squad are Tim Cale, uh, Giannu, Economides and Ryan McGowan. And in come uh, Nathan Burns, Josh Risden, uh, Milay Deganek, and uh, Jamie McLaren has been added to this squad after scoring, after having a, a few attempts over the past four weeks. But uh, what do you make of Tim Cale not being in this squad?
1: Well, Warren, you asked a very interesting yeah. question in the green room. You know,
4: I mean, you clearly are, I mean, you've got the mind of a coach that's never been able to coach, Carlos. So... <laughs> You immediately, I think, thought that there's something, there's a message being sent, a subliminal
1: well, message. What, what do you think? Before you start talking on my behalf, oh, well, what do you think about okay, it? I don't...
4: If if on, in radio terms we could ever be accused of killing Bambi, what I'm about to say <laughs> is the equivalent of that. But I did Come have... Because Tim was at the beach today in South Melbourne and I noticed that he was getting out... And he's got the old man injury, you know, the calf Achilles-type heel thing that's happening. And he's definitely not going to play this week, from what I saw, unless he makes a Herculean recovery. So
1: you, you saw him at the beach? On the television. Oh, okay. All on right. the television.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And he needed to be lifted up out of the beach by a teammate, Carlos. So I'm just going, don't expect him to play this week. And my sense then was, we know that he's come back and he's literally signed for Melbourne City to really take him into the World Cup year. So it's almost almost like a security for him to go to the World Cup. But if he's playing, is there any possible way that anybody could see Ange not picking him, not picking him for that squad to go to Russia? And I know we're going to say, oh, yeah, you could pick him for the squad, but I'm saying making the final... 17 or so that play in the team or on the bench for the first game. Is there any way of him not being in that squad if he's fit and playing? Based on yep. the message that's being sent maybe yep. now yep.
3: about injury and performance and consistency. Yeah, I don't think a message is being sent now. I think that uh, Ange is probably just wanting to protect him a little bit because he's not fully fit. So it's kind of pointless taking a, an unfit Timmy over over to yeah. to, to the game in answer to your question, I think a fully fit Tim will always make the squad. Absolutely. boy can play. You'll have to retire.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think... Before he, yeah. Uh, yeah I, uh, he's the sort of guy that... He, we, he'll be a fit Tim kale if we get to Russia. Like, yeah. he'll be fit but he may not he, – look, he, he may not start any of the games. But he's always valuable to have in the squad because he, he fills all the younger kids, all the other players, with a lot of confidence, number one. He's been around the block a few times. And he's liable in his last World Cup to maybe get an important goal because that's what he does. It's all about moments with Tim kale he won't, he won't boss a game, but he'll boss moments, especially in the box. Now, Vinny, I, I disagree on one thing uh, – I agree with you that he will get picked if he's fit, no mm. question. But on this occasion here, there's still a chance that he might play this Friday. And if he plays this Friday, he still won't go to Thailand. And I just think what Ange is trying to do is maybe wean Australia off this idea that yeah. he has to be picked all the time. Uh, but just to leave him out, even if he's 50-50 for a World Cup qualifier, I think there's a message that Ange is sending quietly to everyone that we're going to wean us off Timmy for a little bit. I mean, he'll uh, go to the World Cup, yeah. but we've got to start thinking about some other well, young guys. Absolutely.
3: Coming in. I think you, you can't live off Timmy forever as well. But while we've got him in the system, you're going to use him. I think. But you will I've, never risk him
1: at the. No. Uh, yeah. No, and that's why no. I say he could play this Friday. He still won't go.
3: Yeah. And And Angie's strategy, I think, is a good one. We've got other quality players that we want to bring through. I think Nathan Burns. Is, is great. I think Jamie McLaren's great. I think that we can score without Tim, and we've shown that we can score without Tim. I think what Tim ultimately does that no one else does in the soccer squad is he gets inside people's heads, and that's why you want him for the big games more than the games that you think you can control.
2: But if there's one player that you've got to manage or you, you can manage who's got plenty of credits in the bank, and I know Ange. Mm. Doesn't necessarily do the credits in the bank situation no. because he, he's fairly ruthless and will do whatever's right, you know, for the for the team and for the country. But I've got to say, for this game in particular, he's coming off a, a sore calf, yeah, um, which you don't want to mess around with, especially as a thirty six year old. Um, and he's been travelling around doing, you know, he's he's been really putting in for club and country. So I think this was a, a pragmatic move by the gaffer. I don't I don't think you can read anything more into it. But I, I do I do. Really think he wants to make the statement yep. that you know we have to live. There's, yep. a, there's a life without Tim kale yep. in the future, but uh, and they've
1: got I'll, something like nine days prior to the mm. Thailand game where they're just going to train, mm, which so, is great. So if if he was indispensable, they would have him there. Even if he doesn't play against Thailand, they'll be having right. him there in the camp. So I just think it's time to sort of start. Let's yeah. leave him out a little bit. Get used to the idea that we've got other guys coming in. Well, he was at
2: the Melbourne Cup. Be,
1: he's been that really, really busy. Show. He's looking <laughs> good his own gear. Oh, That's that was for a great sure. Suit. If anyone, yeah. though, is prepared
4: to kill Bambi. You should get Ange
2: on one night. Ange would. And, uh, Ange would,
4: would. Like,
2: yeah. Oh, no. He's, Tim, he has to be, really.
4: Tim Cale, he's got a calf injury. They picked the squad. He's still got a calf injury. Plays one game leading into going over to Russia.
3: Yeah, but you wouldn't call it Kill Bambi. You would say you would put Tim out to stud. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you do. That's how you sell it to him.
2: Yeah, he'd he'd like that because that's vision. Yes, that's vision. There's a vision there. (laughs) Hey, um, look, it's now time to go to our very special guest at 16 past 11. Yes, here at the Diego's over our 23 years. Mm. In fact, uh, we've been going longer than the, our special guest has been <laughs> alive. And uh, we're going to the UK. We always <laughs> like to speak to young footballers early in their career. And tonight we're speaking with Aiden O'Neill, midfielder at Burnley, a Queenslander at heart. G'day, Aiden, and welcome to the Four Diego's.
0: How you going,
2: guys? Yeah, very well. Thank you coming through very loud and clear. Rodrigo Rodriguez here. Vinny Venezuela is here as well. Carlos Alberto Diego and Warren is here as well, mate. Hey, firstly, welcome to the show. And um, where do we find you tonight? Are you in Burnley? Yeah. How you going, guys?
0: Um, I'm actually on the way
1: to to a zoo at the moment. To a zoo. Yeah, I'm going for just
0: a just a day to go check it out. Oh, fantastic! It's, it's
1: not a training session, is it? There. <laughs> They they train nah. in the different ways over in in Britain. I hear.
0: Yeah, it is different. But um, i have actually got a day off today. Wednesday's our day off. So
1: are you on the train? Are you on the
3: train, Aiden? Oh, you're in the I'm car. Are You driving?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm driving. Oh, very
3: good. So, Aiden, when you go to the zoo and you see the kangaroo, are you going to be underwhelmed? <laughs>
0: yeah, it is really. It's just back at home. <laughs> Aidan,
4: I'm interested in you saying Wednesdays are your day off. Is there, a, is there a pattern now that you're in the season that you have in terms of playing, training, recovery? And is it pretty much this is your only day? Every other day you're in at the club doing something in terms of either preparing or playing or travelling, that sort of thing?
0: Yeah, the schedule is pretty busy. So Monday we train, Tuesday, Tuesday is quite a heavy session. So we'll train in the morning and then straight into the gym, and then day off Thursday just to get a bit of recovery in, and then Thursday, Friday, and Friday's more of a game prep, and before Saturday.
1: Okay. Now, Aiden... Depending if
0: it's away or home, we uh, travel if it's away, and if it's home, then just uh, rest up back at home.
1: Aidan, it's Carlos. Uh, now, you're a Brisbane boy. Your family uh, hails from Brisbane also. I know you've got British ancestry. We'll get to that in a moment. But can you tell, I mean, even though you're one of the a few Aussies that are playing in EPL at the moment, not many people know about Aiden, O'Neill. You're only an 18-year-old. You're just breaking through this year. Uh, but you must be hugely talented and, uh, to, to make that squad and, and get regular game time off the bench mostly at the moment. Um, tell us a little bit about the Aidan O'Neill story, the boy from Brisbane.
0: Um, well, basically, mum and dad came over for work and um, just really went from there, just came over, started playing at an academy in Manchester and got picked up from a, by a scout in Manchester and just said, come along to um, to Burnley and have a trial. And then it just all went from there, had six months on trial Uh did pretty well, and then they offered me a two-year contract. And I struggled at first with international clearance, so I wasn't playing that much in my first year, and I would have been 16. So I got put up to the 21s, so that's a reserve team at Burnley, and started playing with them, coming on a few times, and then started to do well, and then got a spot in the 21s and started regular time. And um, then came back last three seasons, in July, and I came back really fit, and um, just impressed the Gaffer with all the preseason and training, and had a few games with them and did did pretty well. So, um, just really got my chance from there, and then just got a few games under my belt, and just trying to get into the team now, regular, which isn't easy because once you're there, harder to stay there.
3: Now I. Aidan, you've 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 played some in, in some huge games or you've come on in some huge games. Do you get really excited or do you manage to keep a lid on it emotionally? Because I would just be just giggling like a like a a little kid 18-year-old. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> like an eighteen year old. If I was sort of taking the pitch against Liverpool or the gunners or stuff like that. Yeah,
0: well um it's a boyhood it dream really for me to come on like Chelsea in my team and to come on against Liverpool 2 0 up. The last few minutes, the atmosphere was crazy, and uh, I was quite relaxed. Just, just thought, oh, all right, I'll just go out, and enjoy myself, try to turn the game around. But against opposition like that, it's not easy. And um, some of the players in the team phenomenal. But uh, yeah, you just got to try to keep a lid on it, really, and and get excited after the game.
1: I um, win- during the game, Aidan, when you were, uh, you know. You know, on the sidelines, you've warmed up and you're coming on in the 93rd minute against Liverpool. Your team's 2-0 up. What were the instructions? Did, I mean, were you told what to do? Given that, Or was it just purely a, a substitution just to waste a bit of time? The
0: um, gaffer just said, look, go, go sit in front of the two midfielders. There's like a tent. And he said, just, we're going to try and hold this win out. So just, just sit back and just go enjoy yourself, really. That's all he said.
3: And, like, Aiden, you know, like, when, when a sub comes on and the gaffer gives the sub instructions to tell the other players and so the, the, the sub runs on and points a few places, <laughs> do you just run to the player whose shirt you want to swap? <laughs> do you do that first?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, they give you a few instructions, so you just have to go on and tell them.
3: Have your mates, have your mates asked you to get shirts from players?
0: Yeah, they have. I'm not too good at that. After the game, I'm just
3: buzzing, so I always forget to ask him. Fair enough.
2: Here in the Fort Diego's, we're speaking with a young Aussie playing his trade in the English Premier League with Burnley, Aiden O'Neill.
4: Aiden, I actually almost boycotted you actually coming on because <laughs> that loss against Burnley was the only thing that's preventing my team, Liverpool, from being on top of the ladder. But we'll move on. I'm just um, interested from a, a young player's perspective, the step up from champion championship to premier league does it as a club like burnley who comes who is newly promoted do the players consider it to be and the club consider it to be a daunting thing to move up from the championship or is there a, a level of excitement about taking on the challenge and and really the little guys versus the big guys so to speak
0: yeah the gap always talks about like this is our opportunity this is this is what we've all been playing football for, so we need to enjoy it and just take every game as it comes. And 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 it has been sort of, wouldn't say an underdog, but people aren't expecting to beat Chelsea, Liverpool. So games like that, we've got quite a bit of freedom just to go out and play and just just do what we do and and see what happens.
1: Now, Aiden, uh, just going back to that Liverpool debut for you when you came on. Uh, there was, I think one of your old coaches up in Brisbane was quoted after that game saying it, it really is a sign of how hard you worked that apparently, and you can clarify this for us, apparently you went home after that game and you did another training session by yourself straight after the game. Is that just something yeah. that you felt you needed to do because you didn't play enough and, you, and you're just a hard worker or you're buzzing so much that you wanted to maybe you know, just keep playing for, for the whole night?
0: Yeah, I was just buzzing after the game and just thought, you know what? Me and my May went down to the training ground and just to played footy a bit. I was just buzzing,
2: so I just thought I oh, just want to play more so I'm going to go down and try to get a little bit better. Yeah, that's what I do. Um <laughs> Aiden, you know, we we do a radio show and I'm buzzing so much that uh I go home and I start just announcing <laughs> to myself. But uh so we've got a little bit in common there. Um hey, just just you know, you you've you've you know, you're living the dream, really. You're you're playing at Burnley. You're playing in the English Premier League. You're playing against some of the you know best players in the world, some of the biggest, you know, most well-paid play, players in the world. What are your dreams? What do you want to do? You know, when you if you look ahead five, ten years, what do you want to do with your career? Um, I, I want to be involved in with
0: Australia playing in the World Cup. Pretty big milestone for me, really. That'd be massive. So if if I got into an Australian squad in the World Cup, that'd be one of my one of my dreams kicked
2: off definitely. Well Ange listens to this show, so he's very, very happy <laughs> yep. to hear you
1: say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden you, your your background is British, British ancestry, I believe, and we've had one or two Aussies who have been who are showing a bit of uh you know, a bit of talent over there who've been approached by other countries, you know, Scotland, Ireland, uh England. Uh, who uh, who maybe had a word to them about possibly playing for them. Has anyone approached you uh, to maybe take you away from the claws of Australia?
0: Yeah, I've had a few approaches. Um, Ireland have come for me, Northern Ireland. They uh, rang my agent up the other day. And uh, Chris of O'Neill, they thought that maybe I had an Irish background. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I know. But um, I don't. So Good. So, born so... So, so who who right cu- um, who
1: could you possibly play for with your background?
0: Um, with my background being on an a ancestry, ancestry visa, I have two more years, and then I am eligible to play for England.
1: Mm. So that's an easy decision to yeah. play for Australia rather than England.
0: Yeah, my, my first would be Australia,
3: definitely. <laughs> now, Aidan, uh, I just want to know, in terms of uh, your career and how it's going at the moment... Does the does the gaffer have a plan uh for you that he discusses like given the game time you've been getting is there does he say to you listen I I am getting you ready for a full half or more than 10 minutes and stuff like that or does it just happen the way it does based on the games that are being played Yeah well just
0: you really got to impress in training and then sometimes I play reserve games and the gaffer's always watching so it's constantly moderating like the games and seeing how I'm doing, and I'm sure when the time comes right, I'll get more game time. But it's really just proving that I'm ready to
1: step in when needed. Now on the weekend, uh, Aiden, uh, the uh, Burnley played Man U, and of course, you know the star of the show was Tom Heaton, the goalkeeper. Your goalkeeper there at Burnley. Uh, it sounded like you know Man U were just uh, really. You know, uh, on fire on the day, but you guys held them out. Mourinho got sent, Jose Mourinho got sent to the, uh, to the grandstand and was sent off. And of course, uh, uh, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, had up to 12 shots at goal and uh, it was all action, but you guys held out. Can you tell us a little bit about that day? Uh, the, the eyes of the world were on Manchester United and Jose Mourinho. Uh, what, what was that like being in the same stadium as, 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 with all that happening?
0: Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy day, definitely. Um, you could just tell the atmosphere was something else with all the United fans and all the hype behind all the players of United. And um, um, obviously Mourinho getting sent to the stand. wasn't very happy. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Tom Heaton was world class. Some, some of those days, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, what's his nickname? Day, what, what's his nickname?
0: You, uh,
3: heat. Okay,
1: right. good. not lucky.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a very good, very good keeper.
3: Now, in Vinnie Venezuela, he I know we can tell you're going to be a star, and, and everything's falling into place, and you're planning stuff. So obviously, you've got to be starting to think about your manuscript and your biography, your autobiography. <laughs> and given that you're going to the zoo today, I want you to think about what would Ballotelli do at the zoo that you could possibly put in <laughs> as a chapter.
4: Let off a firecracker, perhaps, in the zoo itself? Yeah, I'll jump into one of the cages or
3: something. <laughs> yeah, do it. And hold four fingers up and say, this is for the 40 Diego's.
0: Yeah, that sounds good.
3: Cool. <laughs> hey, Aidan, um,
2: mate, we'll leave it there, but uh, we really appreciate your time. And, hey, be careful at the zoo. There's plenty of rats there, and they run amok in England over the centuries. So, yeah,
0: um, cheers, guys.
2: Yeah, take care and uh, good luck for the rest of the season, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.
0: Yeah. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much.
2: No Thank pleasure you. having you. There's Aidan O'Neill, Burnley midfielder, young Aussie uh, wants to play for the Socceroos, which is a good thing.
4: If you didn't know he was a, if you didn't know he was in England playing for Burnley, he just sounds like a kid that's just hmm. come off the park at the local for the local club
1: and just loves playing. Well, effectively he is. You know, he's only a little while ago he's playing for a, a youth team. We didn't get enough time to talk to him about you know. He's jumped virtually from a youth team or a, a community club in in Brisbane straight to Burnley. I mean, that's how talented this guy was. Yeah, very interesting. Um, very interesting to hear uh, a
2: guy just going straight pretty much um – Hey, let's take a break now as we do with thanks to Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Make sure you give them a call if you're interested in doing your tax with them on 1300 639 Give Dom and the team a call there and they will look after all your financial needs. Let's take a break now come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's Home of Football. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday night. Hope it's going along nicely for you. It's going to come to a close, obviously, the Wednesday night, but... uh, Um, hope you're well and listening to the Diego's and uh, hey we've been talking about uh, a lot of things tonight we talked about uh, Ange Postacoglu's uh, team for the match against Thailand had a great chat with Aidan O'Neill hope to catch up with Mike McGrath a little bit later on Um, but uh, boys I want to touch. We're actually getting a few text messages mm. for us to actually spend some time on the North Terrace
1: situation, obviously the uh, Melbourne Victory Active Supporter Group. Apparently one it's as- escalated because well, I, I didn't know any. We're just getting some stuff off the SMS where there's some suggestions that the Northern Terrace might disband.
2: Well, no, no. So the North Terrace have actually clarified yep. their position. Um, this is not posturing or anything like that on their Facebook page. They've actually said that it's done. The North Terrace, mm. as it was, it's over. Has it's over. So um, so basically they've cited a number of um, reasons as to why that, that happened. Obviously there's, um, they, they claim some untenable and unsustainable terms in, in relation to allocated seating combined with fixed membership. Uh, they also talk about uh, excessive and counterproductive stadium bans and match day restrictions imposed by the FFA and others, disingenuous, frustrating and fruitless negotiations on behalf of the club, uh, which always result in a general dis- dissolution of own supporter culture within the North Terrace. And uh, so there's a bit of apathy and loss of mentality and it's taken their toll on the North Terrace. So they've actually asked fans that in the future to no longer refer to the North End as the North Terrace, no longer chant the name North Terrace in any songs, which is auto-magico, no longer wear North Terrace merchandise and cease the distribution of stickers, do not attempt to uh, resurrect uh, the North Terrace by name or tradition. This was an absolutely... Beautifully written letter, I've got to say, which uh, pretty much, in, an, in, in no uncertain terms, has clarified the situation. So this is not po- posturing to get a better um, outcome. The North Terrace, as we've known it, is no longer. It's a letter so of resignation, it isn't is it? It is pretty much a letter of resignation. Okay, so,
1: but those, those guys who were involved in Northern Terrace, they started going to the football 11 years ago for Melbourne Victory at Olympic Park because they wanted to barrack for a team. They wanted to follow Melbourne victory. They wanted to cheer for Archie Thompson. They wanted to cheer for Kevin Musket. Now, uh, are they saying they're not going to go to the football anymore? Because if they don't go to the football anymore, I'm not interested in you know, whether they are part of a Northern Terrace or where they want to chant. But if they don't go to the football anymore, it wasn't about the football. It was about them. I think they'll I, go to the football. I, well, find- I don't know. I'm not, for, me, for me, look, you know, it, it's come to this not because... Uh, it might sound a bit harsh. It's come to this not because the FFA and the police uh, are clamping down on active support for no reason. Mm. It, it, there's circumstances that have led to this. Um, it's zero tolerance. And I think we all agree that it should be zero to- Well, I do. I, I agree with other people. I'll get your opinions in a minute. But zero tolerance for me is zero tolerance. Now, who's to say that the club hasn't forced this situation by not sitting down? And you know, how did they describe the talks? Oh, basically fruitless, fruitless um, yeah. you know, uh, disingenuous yeah, and yeah. frustrating. Well, it's disingenuous because what the club's trying to be, uh, trying to uh, take a safety line, uh, trying to you know, maybe clean up some things they're not happy with. The club's not there to stop supporters from chanting. They're not there to stop people who want to support the club from supporting the club. But they want to make it a safe place to go. They, want to, they don't want the, the, the laws of the land being broken in their stadiums. Allocated seating at major venues um, was brought in, I don't know,
2: about 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well,
1: you, you're, you're an expert. You used <laughs> to be a bit of a musher, <laughs> hey. weren't you? I, I, was a, yeah.
2: I was, and I worked at a fairly large ticketing agency as well. So um, that kind of allocated seating flies in the face of the type of support that these active groups uh, go with. And, and that's. Could I, I just say also, in England. At all the English grounds, it's allocated seating. Absolutely, allocated seating is a way for uh, state and management and security and police to ensure that there's some sort of order um, when there's groups like yep. you know, like some of our football groups who have a fantastic, um, who give off a fantastic vibe. Mm. Um, but you know, there, there have been some situations where people have con- congregated, ripped flares, yep. ripped seats off the you know, off the actual um, mm. chair itself. Um, not saying that. You know, not saying that North Terrace don't agree because when you break the law, you break the law. But, but it's, for me, it's a shame that it's come to this and it's been brewing over the last, yeah, you know, number of years. Come but, no, to it, this,
4: is that, because, is that because one or both parties have been unwilling or unable to compromise with each other around... So the letter is beautifully written and it expresses their opinion absolutely. But it is also saying to me that there are certain things that they're not prepared to give away in the way they support their club. Now, with all due respect, disingenuous means it's not genuinely and genuine compromise is two parties together coming together and being prepared to accept that maybe the way we did things in the past, we can't do now. Now, well, why
1: should the why should the club
3: compromise? No, that's zero what tolerance I'm saying. number 1. It and number 2, to me the like safety like of people in that stadium. See, to me it sounds a bit like uh, they're a little bit frustrated that they possibly, well, I don't know, but they could possibly be frustrated that they can't control the people that they've got there as well. They probably, they don't want it, they don't want the heat and maybe they've they have been in meetings and they haven't been able to stop things and maybe they think their hands are up in the air as well. I don't know, but uh, look, I thought the letter was, was, was well written.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, and there's some text messages here. You know, sounds like the North Terrace don't like having rules that don't suit them. A new active area will form eventually. Absolutely. That's Daniel. Hi, guys. Andy from Baroni here. I used to be part of the North End. It got really bad in there when there were um, too many young ones ended in, up in there. So me and a few others moved to the other active end, the South End. So, absolutely.
4: To me, that's well written, but it's a bit like... We're going to take our bat and ball and go home.
2: Well, you know, I think I think I think a lot of those guys who really care about the club will continue to go to the club. But as the as the um, I think it was Daniel said, another another active group will form eventually.
3: Rodrigo, I'm thinking of doing a Vinny's new north, and uh, we'll do <laughs> don't call it north, to, no new north. Yeah. Oh, new north, and we'll do trips to the zoo. We'll do wholesome things, nice things. All right, uh, hey
2: boys, um, we've hoping to get Mike McGrath, and we have got him for about five minutes. A window of opportunity. We've got a window of opportunity. So, (laughs) hey, Mike, welcome to the show.
5: Hi, guys. I've always got time.
2: (laughs) Thank you very much. You've made time. You've stepped out and said to your meeting, I've got an important call to make.
5: <laughs> yeah I'm trying to cram it all in because i've got um I'm getting a turkey tomorrow for the fenobarche <laughs> game. oh well I'm trying to, trying to cram in all the all the work today
4: you're obviously going to be safer than Rory McElroy, but that's another story, Mike, <laughs> just very quietly um Jose Mourinho, misunderstood now or um cracking under the pressure what how do you read? that performance from menu was it a turning point where they just didn't get a didn't get the goals they deserved and they're playing better or systematic of the fact that they're going to struggle in the foreseeable future
5: well my point that i made at the weekend was that um it just doesn't look it doesn't look like united like we thought they would look at the start of the season um for a start they had three left backs in the back four due to injury so you know you, you'd think that other teams would score against them. And then the whole debacle about Jose um, you know, getting sent to the stands, and now he's facing another disciplinary rap from the FA. It's all—it's all almost like history repeating itself from last season when he was losing the plot a bit. Um, on the upside, though, they did have thirty odd shots on goal, and, and on on another occasion, would surely have won that game if it wasn't for Tom Heaton. But I still think that there's a few signs there that, that all—you know—more than a few signs that that all is not well.
1: Mike, it's Carlos. Uh, mate, I—I've just got a good. When I had a look at the game and I saw that Jose had been sent off again and he was abusing the ref and he's up on charges again, I thought that they were good signs for Manchester United. I thought it's a little bit of the old uh, Jose Mourinho, a bit fired up. I think there was a bit of a concern that, uh, that he may have lost that hunger, may have lost that fire in the belly, and he, but he's clearly still got that. Uh, and also, I mean, on another day, they could have won 5 to 8 nil, and if they... If they had won that, people would have thought they were back in town because Burnley's not a bad team, uh, you know when when yeah. they're up and around, up and about. So I don't know. If I, I, if it was for if they'd scored a couple of goals, people would be speaking very differently about that performance. I reckon.
5: Yeah, I think that that what chairmen look at and um, telltale signs are when people start losing control. Um, obviously, particularly of the team when the team aren't doing what they say. They probably were OK. They were. They performed all right. But when he's losing control of, of himself in the tunnel, then I think things are getting to him a little bit. Um, and also, to, he didn't really pick his battles either. I don't think it was a penalty that he was upset about. So I can kind of see what he did ahead of the Liverpool game, um, putting pressure on the referee, um, you know, for the cost of twenty five thousand pounds or whatever, he'll get fined. I don't think that was. I think that was a calculated risk that he took. But I just saw at the weekend, you know, it was a sign that he might have been losing control of it all and um, and letting his emotions get the best of him and his frustrations. Um, if he if they lose when he's banned from the stands or banned from the stadium, then it will be you know a, a bad decision.
3: Uh, Mike, Vinnie here, I was going to say it's Zlatan oh, sure. Ibrahimovic here, but it's, I've got a Zlatan <laughs> Ibrahimovic question for you. He hasn't scored for a while. There's obviously talk that there's pressure on him. Is there pressure on him or do people, uh, are, are people not that fussed at this stage? Well,
5: if you look at the the bare facts that he never gets substituted by Jose Mourinho, you'd say that the pressure isn't on him. However, I would say you know over here this week there's been a lot of talk, a lot of columns written, um, and people calling into radio stations saying that he should be, that he should be dropped. I think with uh, Zlatan, he's not even against uh, City when he set up the winner. He's not as mobile um, as as other strikers, and it kind of shows when. Um, United aren't getting the results that they that they want, so I I wouldn't mind seeing Wayne really have a have a go at that position and and just take uh, for Zlatan to have a breather, uh, wouldn't be the worst thing. So, but yeah, like it is an issue over here, and the long it's his worst run for almost a decade. I think nine years it's a run like this in in the league. So, um, you know, it's uh, it'll be... I wonder whether he'll play against Fenerbahce or, more importantly, probably, um, against Swansea at the weekend.
4: Mike, I'm just um, interested in Sunderland. I wonder if they do anything about David Moyes or do they do essentially what Aston Villa did last year and accept their lot and allow themselves to fall, not gracefully, but pretty spectacularly, and just see if they can rebuild. How, how do they play this? Because they've, they've tried the lots of managers and just survived, but this year just feels different, and they might always, almost have to do what Aston Villa did last season.
5: Yeah, I, I mean, it's a really interesting story. In one of the other papers, I haven't been working on it myself, uh, but um, they were saying up there that, that they'd made, started to make redundancies already, which points towards um, planning for life in the Championship. And I think January would be is going to be a real big um, marker for that. So are they going to go for it and spend £20 million or more, or are they going to let these guys, um, let, let their key players, the ones of value, go for a price so that they can be comfortable in the championship and not have to have a fire sale at the end of the season? Um, at the moment, which, um, if they're getting rid of jobs, you'd suggest that they're... They're just having a little, a little plan for life in the second tier.
2: Hey, Mike, uh, we know your time's precious uh, today, so uh, thanks for your time, and we'll catch you again next week.
5: Cheers, guys. Speak to you
2: soon. Thanks, Mike. There's Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. Hey, before we take a break, uh, with thanks to Beston Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years. If you are looking for a job as a plumber, they're a great company to work for. Go to 1300beston or beston.net.au. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Here on a Wednesday night, thanks for your company. We're back on Friday night for the Four Diego's Are final we... whistle. It's wall-to-wall Diego's um, for the Brisbane Roar. It's an away game in Melbourne City because, of course, SEN is broadcasting home and away I games. I was
4: hoping to take a break. No,
2: you can't take a break, no.
4: Warren.
3: This is football season, mate, oh, so actually, you've got no, I'm to... happy
4: because Melbourne <laughs> City will be on top of the ladder. I was going to say, oh, Friday <laughs>
3: wouldn't you be happy to come in if the City no,
4: win? I get a bit sick of the abuse that I cop from Carlos in terms of Melbourne City, but... That's no, no. all right, and you'll talk about the crowd, of course. Oh, actually, no. For a change, you can't ever go crowded. It's away, so it will. I'm way, coming crowd. in.
2: You're good. That's fantastic. Looking forward to that. Uh, with thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping, starts on 2017 and is open for enrolments right now. They're taking a lot of enrolments. For more details, call 9409 double eight double zero. That's the Northern Football Academy.
3: Mind you, you will find that victory fans travel in, in greater numbers than city fans. But I, no, you're right, though. But there's not right. an official away crowd figure, is there? But we're
2: better. Let's keep this uh, North Terrace uh, discussion going because we're getting a, a few, quite a few text messages agreeing uh, without with well, well, and disagreeing with the, with the position, and disagreeing. Yeah. And there's a couple here. Um, I've been to meetings where folders have gone into the wall. It's good to know where you guys stand. The attitude towards Northern Terrace, me, Northern Terrace has me turning the Fort Diegos off, which is interesting. Um, I've been a, a South End member for nine years, so and uh,
1: apparently he wants to go and listen to podcasts who will be more understanding of the situation. Well, you quite like the like the Northern Terrace are quite within their rights not to be a group, Agreement. and, and what, you can go and listen to podcasts too, but they're populist podcasts. If, uh, if, that, if they don't understand, I've seen the situation. I've seen the way the Northern Terrace, people in Northern Terrace, not the whole lot of them, but some people in Northern Terrace behave. And it's a disgrace. And obviously the club right now are not happy with them. And well, so that's why game... they're allocating seats. So for me, there's a lot of good people in the sport who uh, are not crying tonight with the news that the Northern Terrace might be disbanding or they are disbanding. There's a lot of good people Uh, uh, in football, who have sent SMSs through tonight saying they're not going to miss them either. It's not just the four Diego's. So if you think that uh, going to some other show who will be uh, more understanding of the situation, go ahead. I'd like to know what their arguments are because they've they've buried their own... They've they've dug their own grave on this one. Well, the simple fact of the matter is that through
4: poor crowd behaviour, Melbourne Victory is one more incident away from losing points that could cost them you know, championships, you know, titles, whatever. And, I mean, that's the reality. And my only defi- – I understand compromise as being two parties coming together, being prepared to give something away for the betterment of
1: everybody. Now, that's what you've got to do. And there's one here. Carlos, you've got this one wrong. Fans are the club. Well, fans who support the team uh, in a way that's positive, in a way that's about the team, that's, they're the fans. The club is those fans. Not fans who go there for their own agendas. They're not. They're not. That's not what the game's about. That's not what the club's about. They're using the club. Absolutely, uh, they're using the club. Absolutely. You know, and you're ignoring the truth. If you don't look at why this situation has occurred, the club wouldn't be imposing these things if it wasn't necessary. Absolutely. I think, I think we've uh, done
2: that now. The North Terrace have uh, written today that uh, yep. they're no longer and they've given some, you know, some valid reasons um, that, as to why they're no longer. So I think it's, from our perspective, it's the end of the story. And uh, if you want to follow Melbourne Victory, make sure you jump on board and get a membership because the club will have you yep. um, and you know, they'll,
1: they'll, have, they'll have their fans. And, and there'll and be another really important active that group do. that'll come in. It'll happen. They'll call themselves something else. They'll come in and they'll, they'll adhere to what the club wants. Absolutely. Did the W League starts this weekend? Uh, Melbourne Victory
2: uh, take on Adelaide United away on Sunday, and Melbourne City take on the Newcastle Jets on Sunday as well. So Melbourne, we put...
4: Melbourne City, defending premiers,
2: powerhouses
4: they are powerhouses. Mm. Melbourne City in 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 football, but oh, particularly are. women's
2: football, oh, and no. they won the title last season. So, well, you were being serious there. For I thought for a sec because they were they were they undefeated were they were undefeated.
4: Year. I think they drew one game only for the season, and yeah. I, be good to see the the women playing again, and can I say i mean for all the for all the discussion around the around the participation of women across a whole various types of competition, I think you know this football competition provides a lot of girls with a realistic pathway and a great opportunity not only
1: to play professional football for a period of time so to for the girl for the the girls who are playing it mm. a lot of them still think it's a token gesture. Fourteen games, sixteen with finals. Uh, you know, they're still—they're still, uh, all getting paid, but not—not not enough to live on. Michelle Heyman came out longer
4: than comparable leagues, though. It's no,
3: not...
1: it's not good enough. Still, it's still not good enough. It's and, early days, and they've cut the league—the the, the fixture quite short because the girls are got to get to try and make a living in America or the UK or wherever that's in Europe somewhere. So it's still not good enough. And I know the PFA are working really hard to try and get a decent wage in these girls' pockets, but. That's just still, you know, with all the noise, we're still not doing enough. I don't reckon not for the not for the women's game anyway. Definitely
2: looking forward to uh, the the games uh, coming up because uh, watched watched a bit of it last year and they are seriously good good games. So um, they're all trying to catch Melbourne City and uh, some Mm. big recruits that won't uh, happen coming in. Hey, let's move back just uh, to the A League. got about a minute or so? Um, Brisbane Roar take on uh, Melbourne City. Uh, looking forward to the final whistle that night. What do
3: you think, uh, Warren? I don't
4: think Timmy will play, but City will get the job done. No, they won't. Not up there.
2: Not
3: up there. I think it's a different city, Carlos. I think they can
2: do it up there, too. No, nah, they won't yeah. do it up there. No, I think they will, Carlos. And uh, Sydney FC Melbourne victory <laughs> on uh, Saturday night. That's, uh, that's going to be... And victory will beat Sydney up there, too. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> they will. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about it next week.
4: Okay,
1: We'll, it, we'll uh, talk
2: about it. You'll either... Um,
4: Old duck, no dinner. That's what you'll be. <laughs> That's it for this
2: week's show, boys. So um, the overcrowd night with Scotty Cooney is on next. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll be there. Wherever you're Sumba, Rumba and La Bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever
3: there are girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there.
2: Wherever gringos play football, we'll, we'll be there. there. We are the Four Diego's. Ole! Ole!